This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, it is Tuesday. We have talked for two hours. We thought we might turn the microphones on, talk to you guys for a bit. We have a <laughs> fantastic... on at some, at some point. We just got to talk to you. Oh it, we've got a cool topic Tuesday talking about downgrading for financial reasons. Paul and I have been having random financial discussions behind the scenes, so I hear you on that. We are not good at the financials, so that's happening. We've also got a really cool car debate, as always, and a lots of really good questions, so we're going to dive right in. Hey guys, our pilgrimage video is on our Test Drive channel. This is designed specifically to celebrate the fact that we were able to go mm -hmm. and we took people mm -hmm. and hear from them, but also to make everybody else kind of jealous. It makes me jealous. Wish <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, back. but every time we work on this video, like we work on it for a couple of weeks as always, and I'm always just like, I want to be back there. That was I'd fun. I'd like to be there right now. And it, and here's the crazy yeah. thing. We went early enough this year. Normally when we go, it's late enough that by the time the video comes out, the season's over. True. It came out this year. There's still track days to come. There's still like, track days through October and November. We could go back to... We can't. But we, yeah, anyway, I mean, yeah. we could. We it's could. Just the days are available. Money. We will not be going. We have road <laughs> trips and other crazy things going on. Our first road trip video is a couple weeks out. That's coming out Sunday, September the 10th. I'm mentioning that to you because I really, really really would like you to sit down and watch it yes, absolutely. on that day. It's going to be a long video. That's why we're putting it out on a Sunday. Hopefully you can sit down and watch it and enjoy it. And the trajectory of how that video does over time is going to be cemented in the first 24, 48 hours. So we'd love for you to watch it on that Sunday. It'll come out early afternoon. And again, it's going to be a big piece. We have so much that we said on that piece. I haven't even gone through all of it yet, you but say we it was just like seven and a half hours of it's talking. It's here's <laughs> let, 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 me, let me let me clarify. It's seven and a half hours worth of time when you and I were sitting in a car with a camera rolling on us. Now you between and I between the two of us, yes. all added up. Right? Now you okay. and I don't turn on the camera unless we have something to say. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that the whole time the camera was rolling, we were talking. But it's seven well, okay, and a half right, right, hours right. worth of camera rolling because we had things we thought we ought to say. And what never ceases to amaze Jeez. me about these road trips is the first day leaving the house is the day that with the plan, there's the least new stuff to see. So I always think we will say the least on day one and I am always wrong. <laughs> you, you, really? you and I just like go off on blah, day blah, one. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, there, but there's a lot of really good conversation. We saw a lot of really fun things. We made fun of many, many things that we saw. So I can't wait for like you guys to, to see it. It's going to be really fun. Also tomorrow, August 30th, 2023, apparently Alfa Romeo is debuting a supercar that is not often that we get mm. to see new debuts in the supercar category from Alfa Romeo of all companies. So the 6C, we think, is what it's going to be, right? Because the 4C is most recent and the 8C was prior, so the 6C hasn't happened. It, and they take the six-cylinder from the Maserati, then you yeah. have the 6C. See, that same engine is both in the new Gran Turismo, the new GT, and it's also in the MC20. So it could be a front-engined, more lightweight, mm, okay. front mid-engine kind of alpha, or it could be a mid-engine. That engine will fit in both kinds of platforms. I think it's going to be amortizing out the Stellantians, amortizing out the MC20 chassis. And it'll be an alpha. Think it'll be mid-engine alpha. I think it'll be. The, the, I think it'll Looks be like Alpha's MC20. I think it's going to be Alpha's MC20. Uh, okay, that's and, interesting. And yeah. what'll be interesting is to see where they price it. If I had to guess, the the Maserati's like two fifty and up. 
I'm going to yeah. guess the alpha will be 50 grand below that. It'll be 150 to 200. Okay, so guess. good news, everyone. We'll see. So we it's going to be a f- super affordable. Now yes. afford supercars. Mm, yep. But I, I'm fascinated that car companies, even as much as Alpha wants to do bread and butter kinds of vehicles like yep. their SUV, the Tonale. Another Tonale, yes. They're still introducing supercars mm-hmm. to get enthusiasts excited mm-hmm. about the brand and, of course, sell those cars. But we're always going to see the new hot new launch from X company mm-hmm. to get us all excited. People will always want to build fun cars, fun supercars, hypercars to drive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many of them sell, but that gets people excited about the brand and maybe some something can trickle down to something more affordable that's still a sports car. I am encouraged by this news. Okay, good. I see good, it good. as a glass half full for the whole industry because Love it. Alpha's doing a supercar. I mean, of all the people that don't need to produce a supercar, I think Alpha <laughs> is up there. How, how they, off they am I? They need to volume I, sell. They need to volume sell. I take your point. Am yeah, I? I get it. I mean, yeah. do they need? They just introduced the Tonale, and they're going to do a whole slew of SUVs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Bread and butter, and let's just make money and fine. But a supercar? I love it. That's great. Okay. Whatever car you're looking for, and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Autotempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. Dave is approaching us with a topic Tuesday that is um, possibly for the wrong podcast. He is asking <laughs> he is asking wealth management questions. You're and right. would you have Screech. wealth on this podcast, Dave? You buy cars or garage space with it. That's really what happens with wealth on this podcast. But he is saying he has a 2023 Toyota GR Corolla. He's owned many cars like it, a Focus RS, WX, etc. He was able to get the car at MSRP, so let's just assume 45, 47 out the door. Fair enough. Okay, he got a GR Corolla. And he said even though the MSRP was a little over 40, he said his payment is still over $600 a month. And he said, hang on a second, because interest rates, as you may have noticed right now, are terrible. They are terrible. They're they're terrible, yeah. yeah. He said he's 30 years old. He's got a stable government job. He's not worried about his financials coming in, but he is worried about how much is going out for that GR Corolla. He said, ideally... You are so smart here, Dave. You want to you want to save up and buy a second house that can be rental property to build wealth long term, and maybe with wealth long term you could get something amazing like a Cayman GT4, which is a nice thing to aspire to. That's I do lovely. Like that. Yes, he said he can't afford a car like that without building wealth, and he's thinking that he should get out of the Corolla in order to make that happen. This is definitely a topic we were not used to because, of course, I'm looking at your GR Corolla going, good for you. <laughs> like, yeah. way to go. And mm-hmm. he's not even 30 yet. Yeah. Well, he says, what should he buy? His goal is under $300 a month, lease or finance, that translates to an MSRP of around $25,000. He doesn't drive very many miles and works from home a couple days a week. See, I was going to guess accountant for the police department. I don't know. That's Hard stable. Yeah. I would yeah, think. Yeah. Stable government job. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Government, yeah, okay. Well, the local office is only eight miles away. He wants a car that's comfy and very easy to commute in, but still has a bit of fun to drive. Mm. He's not expecting anything like the GRC, GR Kroll, but it can't be Volkswagen Taos boring. <laughs> You've listened to this podcast. You, you, know, uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah. you know what I think about that. Well, he's l- looked at the base Civic LX sedan. He's looked at the Kia Forte, Hyundai Elantras, things like that. But they all seem the same to him. Mm. That's because they are. Yeah, you're buying in that class where it's Shh, just don't like, tell yeah, anyone. yeah, exactly. They may as well be interchangeable. Huh? <laughs> it's hard for him to differentiate one from the other aside from styling. Yeah, that, in that category, it's sort of, well, th- there are a few differences, but, you know, more than the badge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do we recommend? Heated seats is preferable as he's got back issues, but not 100% required. CarPlay is also a must, but he thinks all new cars have this now. And mm-hmm. by the way, he is only looking for brand new cars. So, that is actually my question. I'm going to have to revise my. That, well, that's. I, I did not recommend mm. only brand new cars because this is my question for you, Dave. If you're being financially responsible and you have a job that you don't go to every day, Okay, you don't drive very many miles. Uh, you, you work from home a couple days a week. The office is eight miles away. Why on earth are you staying locked into new cars only? Because I'll tell you right now, $25,000 for something you will enjoy driving and needs to be brand new leads you kind of with nothing. There's almost <laughs> nothing. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-five grand or less brand new that is interesting to drive. I mean, you get the world's most bare bones Miata, and it's like twenty seven. Okay, you can't true, touch a GR eighty six for that. Yeah, the Honda Civic yeah. Si I think is thirty. The new one is the old. The tenth generation was like twenty five grand when we drove it. But I that, think I think this one is twenty eight to thirty, yeah. which is which is actually an amazing deal on current cars. There's a small list of cars that are available at all. I'm talking. Any category, anywhere for under twenty-five grand, Dave, you need to buy used. You're worried about your finances. Yeah. If, if if you're going to really get out of the Toyota GR Corolla, which by the way, you might make money on. You could make money. I mean, let's not go too far. But I, don't get me are, wrong. I, 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 no. I, you're not going to make ten grand. No, but you're going to get out of it. Ten grand. You're going to get out of it at least for what you paid for it. Okay. Let's Here, say he's. Let, let's put a break. It, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. How long have you had it? Six months. You're going to be able to sell it for exactly the amount you left the dealer for. Which is good. So you're right good. there will have gotten back. You will have had free car for the last few months. True. There's no question in my mind. If you offered that car for exactly what you left the dealer for, you will have people fighting each other for that car. That's true. I, I realize you could like spike it. and I'm not t- even talking that. I'm just yeah, talking about don't. get out for what you came in for. You're mm-hmm. already on the upside. You need to buy a used car. Because that's yeah, the only thing that's going to get that. you something that is simultaneously your budget and still somewhat fun. I thought about a Veloster Inn, a one-year-old Veloster Inn. I thought about that's a pretty good one-year-old GR86. That's got heated seats, I love and those the GR86. are out there. Those are I found them for twenty-five. I also thought about the current brand new Civic Si, used or new. Now new, they're thirty grand, but find a one-year-old one. But I think that Veloster N you'd be thrilled with. You have a background in hot hatchbacks. You could find one of those for twenty-five or less for a year or so used. You're okay. You're losing a year. I'm trying to think of downsides. You're losing a year of warranty. Mm-hmm. But you drive the car almost nothing. Eight miles. Yeah, that's true. Round trip. That's true. And you want something a little bit fun. So, so buy the the little bit used car. That is the deal here. I want to caution you, Dave, because I appreciate this is where we are not a financial podcast. I appreciate. <laughs> 
I the, mean, we're not one anyway, but the, still. The continue. intelligence with, with which you are wanting to spend your money, again, having a, an investment property, I get, I get the logic of all of that. I do get it. You're also a car person. Thank you, yes. And if you are making a decision right now that is for the long term on the hopes you'll one day have a fun car, do you have a one day? You don't mm. know that. At least have something you enjoy driving mm-hmm. right now. I'm not, look, I'm not saying you need to keep the GR Corolla. I mean, I'd like to have it, but I'm not saying keep the GR Corolla. I get that that's a little bit too much payment wise. Buy something used that's still fun so that you still enjoy driving the thing you're, that you can afford right now because that's the everyday part of the everyday driver show we do. The car you're in every day should be something that you like. And yeah, since you are a right. car person, you're about to sell a car you really like for something you don't like. Just because the finances make sense, you got to find something you like. This is good. And thank you for identifying the used cars because I understand your leasing mindset, uh, Dave. But uh, 300 bucks a month, I, I'm, I'm not sure you're going to find anything for 300 bucks a month. Plus, you're going to have that initial down payment of at Which least be a lot. four to $5,000 yep. just plunked right down yep. to, to be able to, to get into a lease like that. And then you're leasing something that kind of negates the point of leasing. So you should either be leasing the latest technology as in some hybrid or, or full EV or some luxury vehicle. That's mm-hmm. why people lease them or you're a business and you can write it off, but you already have a job. You've got yeah, a stable yeah. job, which mm-hmm. is great. And I like that because you can plan for your payments. You can, here's yeah. exactly what I'm earning. Yep. Here's exactly yep. what the outgo is. It doesn't fluctuate. So, okay, I understand that, but you're right. We're all car enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking with somebody, I, I alluded to this earlier, and I, I was speaking with somebody the other day, and they were wanting to use that next car, but that's still not the ultimate car that they want mm-hmm. because they want the car after that. Mm-hmm. That's how we all think. Mm. But that next car that you want, what's wrong with that one? Yeah, agreed. Why? And yeah. that's still an expensive car. Yep. Why, why would, I mean, yes, the idea is to keep going, but we're always conditioned to think, I have to keep going. I can't downgrade. I can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no fun to be had once I've reached this plateau, this threshold. Mm. I can't go backwards. I can't pay less because there is no fun. <laughs> I've left the fun behind. <laughs> I have to pay more and look forward mm. to get more fun and get the ever-increasing higher horsepower, yeah, hotter thing, yeah. which guess what, Dave, means more expensive to insure. Yeah, true. We are true, not true. a financial podcast, but I do love that you're thinking about building wealth, but it isn't going to be just for that fun car. But you said something amazing like a GT4, and they are amazing. Are you willing to stop at a GT4? Hmm, interesting. Will you stop there? Will that be it? Will that be tattooed? It's engraved. It's It's great. It's a great point. Well, what if you want the thing after? What if you want a 911 GT3? Or what if you want something after that? Ferrari, Lamborghini, name the craziness out there. Well, but to to your point earlier, though, what if he buys a one-year-old GR86 and decides it's brilliant he doesn't want to ever get rid of it? That's fine, too. We applaud that. Yes. Okay, so let's say you're selling the GR Corolla which is fine. I love that you've experienced that and you, mm-hmm. you've you got it and you're, you're not going to lose money on it. Let's put it that way. Definitely not. As far as recommendations, you've got the JR Corolla, which I think you like. And I yep. looked at just the regular Corolla XSE hatch. Mm. The new one is only CVT equipped. Well, and you're going to have to go back, but you can still yeah. get a manual, but that True. means used to get sure. the yep. 
XSE hatch mm-hmm. for less money now. Now we're saving money like crazy, and you still have a Corolla. It's just, and it's a hatch. Mm-hmm. It's just not a GR. You, you and I were driving on one of our comparisons. We were driving a GR Corolla around, I believe it was LA, if I remember correctly. And at the light across from us was an XSE Corolla mm-hmm. that had all the extra fun little fins <laughs> yes. and body parts that our Corolla didn't have. Mm-hmm. And I will be honest with you, that one looked better than ours. Yeah. And we had the GR Corolla. And you're the grass is always greener, of right? Of course. But yeah. look, you can still have that fun. It's, it's still the same interior space. It's still all the same amenities. You've got all the same stuff that you want out of it. And I mean, shoot, you could even upgrade the seats if you wanted. Mm. I don't think you need to, but it's not the power. It doesn't have that power that you're, that you've tasted, but still you've got kind of a GR Corolla. I mean, well, not kind of, but you've got, you've got the (laughs) the Corolla. You've got that with you. Yeah. That uh, usability. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I like that. And I'm just thinking leasing. I, I don't see leasing because you're paying to not own the car. Mm. It makes sense for my neighbors who are farther established in life. They've got kids, Mm -hmm. you know, in their 20s and 30s, I think. And they leased a four by E. Well, that makes all kinds of sense. And they love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that they are the right people to lease that. But it's also an expensive truck. Mm. Almost 60 grand for that thing, which is what you want to get away from. Leasing is not the way to... Get ahead financially. <laughs> True. I don't think. Yeah. It's it exists because car manufacturers know we want the latest, greatest thing. And that's how they make money. And they sort of prey on car enthusiasts or people that just want the latest, hottest thing and a, and a, a way to get into that. Mm-hmm. That's why leasing exists. Yeah. Otherwise, buy something used. And there's so much out there. I'm thinking, I'm going through the list in my mind. Because hmm. I thought, uh, what about uh, an Acura Integra? Something like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, okay, maybe just over 30 or a a Mazda 3 Turbo or Mm -hmm. I loved your Veloster idea. You're going to have to deal with less power, but that's just it. How long will you allow yourself as an enthusiast to deal with less Mm -hmm. power and less performance and less fun? Because the whole reason we all get in over our heads for a fun car (laughs) is because we just can't take it anymore. Mm. I have to have a fun car. I have to do something. So we try to not overspend, but that justifies you spending more. Okay. So now you're kind of taking it earlier in life. You're, you're getting the fun earlier Mm. in life and that's kind of what we want for you, but we don't want you to go too far because there's also some people that never buy the Corvette. Yes, you're right. No. And they've gone their whole life. That's the email we get more. That car, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, 911 Corvette, name Mm -hmm. the car. And I've just never been able to do it and finally get to that point where I, I should and I still can't. Or What did you own yeah. in between all yeah. those decades? Yeah. What did you do to satisfy that? If it was nothing, that's got to just eat at you. Well, and, and there is, look, I, I don't mean to be a downer here, but the reality is you don't know what the next decade's going to bring. You don't know. We don't. So, I we mean, don't know what the next if, week's going to bring. You, yeah, so if, if you are saving your, I'm going to have a car I like one day, when does that day show up? I mean, I am still ecstatic that my dad, now in his mid-70s, actually did buy a Corvette. I'm so thrilled. After yeah. kind of longing for one his entire, literally my entire life, Yes. He has been longing for one. I remember when I was like eight or 10, and we were actually, it was 10 or 11 because we moved to Houston when I was about 10. I remember stopping the block over from where we lived randomly when I was out in the car with my dad because he just wanted to stop and look at somebody's C4 Corvette. 
This is common behavior for all of us. I was 10. (laughs) This is normal. Okay, so the fact that he finally bought one and owned it for a couple of years and thoroughly enjoyed it and was sad the day he sold it, but he had that life experience. But the thing is, he lived to his mid-70s before he did it. And I just thought there's a ton of people I know that didn't make it to their mid seventies. I I, mean, I know this is a bit of a downer in the midst of our surprisingly light podcast generally, but this is the thing. If you're you're counting yeah. on the I'll have time one day to get a car I like, and I'm saying life is short, at least like your current car it doesn't need to be the most you can afford. I'm not saying no. That. It's not you want to you want to totally pare, throw caution to the pare down no. your budget. You want to be more cautious. Do that. There's a lot of really great used cars out there though. Yes, and there's a lot of rewards for doing what you're thinking. There's great rewards, and you're young. You're not quite 30, and yes, now's the time to be thinking like you are. So I still say sell the GR Corolla, but don't limit yourself mm. to, in any of these choices so you just you hate it so much <laughs> that it causes an unequal reaction, which mm. is why the term midlife crisis was invented. Yeah, At that's any fair. age. That's fair. Midlife, midweek, mid-month, there's crises <laughs> that happen just because... Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't take it. And then we do stupid things with our finances. Yeah, we do. And some idiot car shows up on your driveway, and that's why we call them sports cars, because they're the car that you bought that you shouldn't have. <laughs> why did you do that? You spent money. You should. Well, I just, I liked it, and I want it, and I just want it. And I don't know. It was stupid, but I want it. <laughs> that That is the <laughs> the pendulum swing yes, to the other right. side. You're totally right. And then we've blown all the savings and budget that we've worked so hard for. It's so very funny. what is that right balance where you're still having fun? There is a world of used cars out there to be able to take advantage of. Yes, the interest rates on those won't be as good as a new car interest rate. I understand. But the interest rates are bad, period. But they're just, but <laughs> everything's they're just bad. bad. It's just all bad, yeah. Uh-huh. So, and your insurance will be slightly less and by going mm-hmm. lower in power. So we're already finding the savings there. Yeah, for sure. But for don't, sure. I, I'm just saying, don't go all the way down to something's, you mentioned, uh, what was it? Uh, Civic, a base Civic LX. Or a Kia Forte or a Hyundai Elan. Okay, all of which Civic are fine touring. cars. The Civic Touring was actually pretty fun. Yeah. It was 29 grand. Yeah. I mean, let's not go so far and like, wow, like what happened? You're driving a <laughs> but there's a retraction vacuum later. cleaner to work. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, yeah. like I know you're saving money, but there's no there's no shame in resetting if you need to financially. Yeah. And just getting rid you know what? I just need to yep. base Can't transportation. It's yep. not a fun car, I just need this. Yep. Okay. Everybody's been there. Nobody there's yeah. no shame in doing that. But if you're still able to and you still want to okay, I can justify a little bit more because I still want to have the fun. And if you okay. told me you were driving 20,000 miles a year. I'd be like, yeah, you're right, new car. Your office is eight miles away and you right. drive occasionally. We also don't know where you live. So yep. are you biking to work? Are, well, you're working from home two days a week. Yeah, exactly. Even, so. Exactly right. Yeah, there's lots of flexibility here for sure. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy.
Our debate is from Michael L. in Edmonton, Alberta. He's got sports car FOMO. Hmm. This is the pendulum swing, I feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael, thanks for writing. He is going through FOMO as manual transmissions continue to die. I take issue with that. Now is the best time to buy a car with manual Surprisingly, transmission. I could lots of them out there, 20 right? Yeah. cars that have manual transmissions it's from crazy. minis to Hondas, Porsches of all kinds, all the Toyotas that lots of manual transmissions. Well, Michael learned to drive manual in driver's ed and glad he got to enjoy what seems mm. like a dying skill. It mm. is along with backing a boat down the boat ramp. <laughs> so you're not Billy but Bayliner. Te- but technology has solved that for you. It'll <laughs> automatically back for you now. Wrecking uh-huh. the boat. Anyway, yeah. he misses going through gears and feeling mechanically connected to a car. He bought his first car in 2010. It was an 05 Acura TSX with a manual. It wasn't fast, but he says when VTEC kicked in, it made you feel the rush of chasing VTech RPMs. kicked in, yo. VTEC. You know it. Unfortunately, the TSX ran into electronic issues, mm. and he sold it for parts. Wow. <laughs> the issues are so bad, it's just down to parts. Well, he Anyway, says, I get it. I understand. I like how you named it She. She drove wonderfully for 10 years and mm. started to look into the market for a fun-to-drive car. So he ventured into his first rear-wheel drive car. He said, well, actually, technically, rear-wheel drive bias. He'd never had anything like this before. (laughs) All Canadian Kia Stingers are all-wheel drive, but it was a turbo 2018 Kia Stinger rear-wheel drive bias. And he was like, feeling the back actually do something separate from the front was fantastic. He said he loved the Stinger, and it was amazing. And he couldn't believe he had a Halo car from the Kia brand. (laughs) He said, how amazing is this? Gorgeous, fast, getting one in Canada was simple with minimal options and choosing between two trims. So he just got the V6 option. It was done. You know what? That's a fantastic car. I'm not surprised you like it. However, you may have noticed the Kia Stinger does not come in a manual. Which leads us back around to, I'm missing having a manual. He tested over 2017 M2 and a 2018 M3 in manual, and he said he loved both of them, thought about trading his Stinger in, but the practicality of the Stinger always kept him sticking with that car. He also turroed a Civic Si, a 2022 Civic Si, which was fun, but all the comforts and premium feel of the Stinger made him appreciate the Stinger. Mm, Sure. He was impressed with the size of the Civic. So are we. We're astounded. We get in a Civic. Yeah. This is a Civic? <laughs> Isn't this the what? Accord? <laughs> get out, look at the badge. Nope, 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 it's not. I agree. Your statement here, Michael, where you found Acura and Honda losing their way on most of the 2010s, I completely agree mm. with you. Mm. Well, he thought he was finally settling with not having a manual until this year. This is what I'm talking about. You get fed up. You have to have it. <laughs> and the pendulum swings the You're other right. way. And a shiny right. red yep. sports car mm-hmm. shows up. And all your neighbors are like, what happened to you? Yeah. Well, he <laughs> says, enter the 2024 Integra Type S manual hatchback premium. FOMO for manual is returning, and he's contacting a dealer to try to test drive one. At this point, at this recording, he might have already driven it. Maybe, yeah. He wants to hear our thoughts on both of these cars, the Civic Si and the Integra Type S. And his, and his Stinger. And his Stinger, true, yeah, it's yes. It's a big debate, yeah. If he should consider the Integra Type S or be content with the Stinger. Is manual FOMO really that real? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. Michael, the, the first thing I want to say is this. It's been interesting. I feel like I've, I've seen or been involved in a few conversations of late about whether or not manual transmissions still matter. And I, and I want to clarify, not with non-car people. I'm talking with people who have had many manual transmission cars they've loved. 
And mm. for whatever reason, okay. they've now driven a couple of great dual clutches or maybe even a really well-tuned ZF automatic <laughs> or an EV. with paddles. They're like, bye. <laughs> and they're just like, why would I go backwards? Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the comparison that's always given, always, stolen from the Tesla folks, by the way, is, well, I mean, you have an iPhone. Why would you go back to a flip phone? That one's always <sighs> given. Yes. And for those of us that enjoy the interaction of a manual, call us weird if you want. But taking it away is a bummer. Okay? <laughs> weird people have money they yes. want to spend on manual transmissions yes. too. So, so, Michael, yes, FOMO of not having a manual transmission car, missing that and wanting it back is absolutely a real thing. There is an involvement level. I This is going to sound weird. I like that Zen moment that happens when I'm driving a manual transmission car and I'm still driving, I'm still shifting gears, but I forgot about it. Uh, it's just happening. Oh, my brain is oh. processing on whatever my brain is processing yeah. on, and I'm still driving, but I shifted, and you know now what I downshifted, and now I shifted, and I revved it up a little bit, but I was never thinking about I ought to drive this car now. There's right, something right. really fun that hap- it happens in skiing or biking or lots of the stuff you and I do, where your body finds that balance and your body starts mm-hmm. doing the activity while your your more forward conscious brain went elsewhere. You're in the rhythm. You're in the zone, the zen. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah, I like awesome. driving a manual when I'm actually concentrating on it. And I actually really like it when I forget about how am I driving a manual. <laughs> good. And good. so that's a thing. It's a skill. And the fact that you interact with it is perfectly valid. I also want to encourage those people that if you don't like it anymore and you like your dual clutch or your automatic, great. I, fine. But... I think we can't look down on anybody that still would like to drive the manual. I think the fact that you're missing it, Michael, is absolutely legit. Type S versus Stinger is hard, actually. I don't know that that's your answer, but wanting a manual back, I totally hear you, man. Why isn't uh, GR Supra in the mix here? Is it just because of practicality? Well, but for that matter, why not a GR Corolla? I mean, it's not as nice as the Stinger. I get that, but I mean, that's a really fun car. Uh, good news, Michael. Dave is selling his GR Corolla. And <laughs> you know what? We could. Right here, <laughs> is this Michael it? could absolutely is this buy the, one? the GR Corolla. That we could all say goodnight and take is, on our hats Is this leave. the episode Maybe. where it happens? Maybe. I mean, here's the thing. The Stinger has got a very nice interior, especially compared to the GR Corolla. It would definitely be a step down. I understand that's why you're liking the Integra Type S over the SI, because the SI feels a little bare bones. And the Type S, which we're about to have on camera, it's going to be interesting for us to compare those guys, because we do have that comparison coming. Uh, the Dave, Type S you is definitely nicer. Michael's in Edmonton. Dave, yeah, we don't know where you're at. That's but interesting. Will you sell Michael your that's car funny. for MSRP? And this will be the episode. We can point to it. Oh, that's exciting. I like that uh, that you're considering these. We have driven the Civic Type R at this point. We've got an Integra Type S coming at us, and we know there's slight differences, but still, there's a there's more similarities than there are differences from our understanding at this point. The Civic Type R we've gushed about, mm-hmm. gushed. It's superb, it's excellent, but I keep wondering since you drove a Stinger and felt the rear wheel drive goodness. That's why I thought, mm. what about a GR Super? We're, we're, now mm-hmm. we're getting the manual and the rear wheel drive, mm-hmm. and it's a superb car. It's yes, excellent. Agreed. But it doesn't it, have the, the, the utility, which is the problem. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've got to look at Toyota. Okay, GR86. You've got some homework to do. GR86, the GR Supra for sure. I also wanted to throw in the Hyundai Elantra N because mm. that was also a superb car. It's less money. 
than the Integra Type S or the Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. And actually has a nicer interior than the GR Corolla now that I think about it. Yes, it yeah. does. And it's got plenty of space. It's very practical and usable. You might not love the styling, but I think it's actually really kind of cool and it sets the car apart. That's just me. But mm-hmm. I I think by the by virtue of you writing to us and saying, gosh, I'm really wanting a manual, you're ready to sell that Stinger. As yeah, good as it is, yep. but you felt rear-wheel drive. So I don't think you can sell the Stinger without going to a rear-wheel drive manual because you love mm-hmm. rear-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so there's some life choices and only you can answer those for us because, well, yeah, you're in Edmonton. <laughs> you're in Edmonton. Hmm. Maybe, maybe it is the Elantra. And, but if you can get into the Integra Type S immediately, what a superb car, but they're expensive. They are expensive. I think that's the problem. Th- those like the Type R, it's like, why is this this expensive? Because it starts to crowd so many other things at that, pr- that price point. And I, and I really do kind of wonder, want to wonder you back over to the M2. You drove a last-gen M2 and loved it. Why is that not even on the consideration list? Because it's rear-wheel drive. I get, but <laughs> right. tires, 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 tires. Yes, yes. I mean, all of these things are considerations. I think there's there's good stuff here. Uh, I, mm, I th- actually think that the Stinger might be a better match for you than a manual Type S. But once we go with a manual rear-wheel drive car, I think the equation shifts again. Okay, that's good. And But he might really love the integrity. Type S, he might really come. It's probably be really fun. Yeah, I mean, we love the Civic Type R. Like I said, it's. Just I, well, I can't wait to drive. We've got a really good piece coming up with it. Audience questions. I'm going to start right here on Facebook with the one that made me laugh. Eric said, "If we modify our Prius, because we're going to, to make it more fun, have we tuned it out of class?" <laughs> and you know what, Eric? Yes. That's because exciting news. our discussion about tuning out of class <laughs> is always about taking a car and trying to make it do the thing it wasn't intended to do when you could have just bought a car that does that for the same amount of money. And you're right. For roughly $36,000, if we want a performance car, the car to buy is the GR86, which we already owned. But that's the car to buy for a performance car. If you want that, we're taking the Prius, which is its purpose is to have gas mileage, and we're going to try to make it into a fun car. We are absolutely tooting out of class. Can we have a mulligan because it's MPG? Because it's centered around mileage, though? Can we? Do we, we get any sort of pass? We get a pass because we're level. going to laugh about it on a YouTube channel. Well, that's that's yes, the difference. Because yes. the, what, where we, we don't advise it is all those of you who are just pouring your own money into it. And we have sponsors and stuff, and, we're, and that's why we're doing it. Please, please, <laughs> please don't take a Prius. Here's the thing. The only reason that the average person should take a Prius and try to make it more fun is because of where they're driving it. They need a Prius and they need that miles per gallon and that's the perfect car for them, but it's not quite fun enough. But you bought it for all of the things a Prius is great at and now you can make it a little bit more fun maybe. What we're trying to do is make the Prius into a car you should take to the track. And fundamentally, you don't take your Prius to the track. (laughs) Don't do that. Jake Z on a plane says, what is our least favorite car advertising campaign? Buick's That's So You gimmick is the bane his existence. I forgot about that one. Hmm. I think it was the very short-lived Dodge Brothers. Yeah, well, they were back. The Dodge Brothers were back, and mm. then they were gone again. Because <laughs> nobody wanted to hear about the Dodge <laughs> Thank Brothers. Thank God they're gone again, yeah. It just mm-hmm. made me think about all the car brands that are names of people. And the only yeah. ones that I could yeah. come up with that aren't are Audi and Mini. Volkswagen, certainly. Mm. 
point is there's fewer car companies that are not named after people. Who do you cast as Mr. Chevrolet? So <laughs> what's he look like? He's a French guy. <laughs> is he Colonel Sanders? What's no, he look I don't like? Know. Anyway, there you but go. Yeah. It always comes back to the that the roots, the marketing mm-hmm. team think, okay, so what is the roots of this company? Well, it's a person that yeah. started the car company. Let's lean on that. I mean, Mercedes, Porsche, well, BMW, okay. That, that's not. That's just Bavarian Motorworks. The, the guy looks like the Michelin Man, but he's in the BMW M colors. <laughs> I guess so. We, we met a mascot for BMW. Toyota, Honda. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, You're Mazda right. isn't, so that's only five so far, but still. It's <laughs> a I'm, fun game. I'm fascinated by That's it. a very fun game. I like it. Shadow Sniper is starting a new job as a salesman at his local Toyota dealership. At this point, he's already started. Any tips or advice? You're going to have a different experience than anybody who's worked at a dealership. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody has their own experience. Mm-hmm. So the best advice I can give you is to really be open and learn. And of course, be courteous and nice to everyone. Do not, uh, people are going to be jaded because they've worked there for a long time. Yes. And they will try to influence you. Well, that guy's not, uh, you know, he's not worth his salt or she's not somebody to talk to. Or you know what? Start fresh mm-hmm. and give everybody an equal shot at, at being friends and being mm. good coworkers and just put everybody on the same plane and you're just treating everybody really nice and really great and you're cultivating your own reputation there and your own experience. But don't, uh, I wouldn't say believe all the people are going to try to tell you this and that. I mean, of course, if it's policy, certainly, but yeah, you know what I mean? I would also say that keep in mind that some of your coworkers don't like cars that much. That's true. That's some, a good point. some of them may, but some of them, I, some one. of them are they are they are moving product. The yeah. the clients are cattle, and the product could be anything, and that's why they're there. Yeah. So so as a car person, that can get difficult, but that definitely is the case. I have two more tuning questions. Apparently, once we announce we're dri- we're driving a yes. Prius and putting stuff on it, people are asking. Jorge first off is asking about since we're now a build show, which I love that you put in quotes because we are not <laughs> finally a right? build show. But he said he said no. Okay, he has an ND2 Miata RF, and he says he feels like. He's one sway bar and a tall man seat modification away for it being perfect for him. Do we think it's worth the investment? Jorge, that is such a small investment on that car. I would say absolutely. If you if you had yeah. come to me with a big list of things that are going to make it perfect, I would be like, are you sure that's the right car? But we are too tall for it. Mm-hmm, and every mm-hmm. time we drive it, I have two thoughts. Wow, this needs a sway bar. And <laughs> yes. why am I hitting my head? <laughs> the seat needs to be lower. So you can solve both <laughs> of those things. The next one I'm going to talk about is Travis 16 writing in, can you tune a car out of class with comfort upgrades? Meaning adding oh. leather and sound ending to an economy car. And Travis, the short answer there is also yes. Because by the time you spend all that money to make it into a luxury car or a nice car, couldn't you have bought a used luxury car that would have done it already? Probably. Mm. Okay. Mr. McGillicuddy on Instagram says, can we build the business case for Toyota to build the six manual transmission 2.0 Supra, six speed manual Supra? So the four cylinder as a manual, which they're not selling. Got it. The ZF fits both the 2.0 and the 3.0. BMW no longer puts a manual in the lesser two series and the GR86 isn't a GT. On one condition that nobody complains. What are we complaining about? Well, it's the BMW rubbery shifter. (laughs) 
Well, it's not the right manual transmission because Toyota actually did work Mm -hmm. to solve that very issue on the one that they installed in the 3.0. Yeah. They didn't just install the BMW transmission and call it a day. Yeah. So if you're saying, well, can we just fit it to that 2.0? Sure, it'll fit. But that means Toyota has to put engineering resources into doing so. And then whatever new manufacturing comes out of that, which means the price Mm. just went up. But there yeah. can't be any complaining. Well, yeah, I guess I'll give that to you. You put the manual in there, but it's it's the BMW shifter. No, you have another manual transmission. I'd like to see the numbers, and I don't know that we will, but I'd like to see the numbers on, forget forget manual for a second, two liter versus three liter Supra. You mean for sales mm-hmm. numbers? Because I'll be surprised if the two liter lasts as long as the three liter does. I can't imagine oh. very many people are even mm. buying the two. If there's it's a car. good. It's yeah, good and I it like is. it, it but is. I can't imagine that the sales numbers in general are high enough to spend the dollars to, even though it's not a lot of development, to develop that two liter to go with that manual. I bet you there is a fraction of sales going to the two liter anyway. And you're right. If you put all that money in there, that does start to crowd the either or territory of the GR86. I just don't think it's going to make sense. Mm. Mystic Negro says his wife bought a car. I like this one. This is good. By the numbers, it is the third quickest car they own. <laughs> At that point, I'm starting to tally in my head, what cars do they what have? What cars is it? It's the third quickest? Anyway, yeah, okay. He writes, it's comfortable, handles well, and will haul dogs. We still don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. The current car is so hair on fire that he has. It's, it's stupid that her car seems boring, despite the fact that it will hang with all of their favorite cars of the past. Knowing what cars they have is unimportant because the question is, Mm -hmm. has cheap, at least attainable horsepower gotten so insane that it is ruining general driving enjoyment? Kind of. Yeah. Just talked to my neighbors today. We've got a Toyota Crown. Okay. New Crown. Mm -hmm. And I saw them at the mailbox and they were talking about it. And they said, do you? Do you guys like Teslas? I said, I, I mean, they're not for me. Many people do. And if we're having the conversation about EVs, Teslas win. Mm. But they're really not for me. I'm not really the biggest fan. I'm just not. She said, okay, because all of our friends who have Teslas just love to stare at the screen while they're driving. And they're now fearing for their safety. Like when we all go to dinner, like interesting, the whoever's driving, they're, they're just staring at the screen. She looked at the crown and said, I like that this feels like a car. I said, yeah, it's a hybrid. And mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of an SUV body with a sedan roof. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the whole concept. And she was like, yeah, I kind of dig that. I kind of see it. But I said to her, many people who own Teslas are making their friends sick mm-hmm. because all they do when their friends hop in, well, what do you do? You just pin them back in their seat. Yep. yep. And for many people, I've heard it from a lot of different places now. I have too. That's getting old. <laughs> All of the people who don't own Teslas and who have friends with Teslas, they're kind of sick of the the hard acceleration. Like, yeah, okay, we get it. EVs mm-hmm. are quick. Can you drive normally? Can we just sure, get there? Sure, can we yeah. just maybe once, but not every time you pick me up in your Tesla. <laughs> like, let's stop it. Mm-hmm. And this couple was kind of sick of it. And they're like, all of our friends are interesting. Kind of, okay. we're kind of tired of that too. And interesting. I just thought, wow, is, is this horsepower glut that, that people are now discovering because it's so instantaneous mystic Negro, you're identifying yeah. that it yeah. has gotten insane it has. and it's ruining the enjoyment for passengers. Well, and I also think it's, it's muting for a driver, how to be a good driver. 
And yes. it's also muting for a driver what a car should feel like when things are well balanced. And I'll go 100%. back to the GR86 real quick and say, fundamentally not a powerful car. Now, 0 to 60 is now down to about 6, which is where it should have been in the first gen. But fundamentally, not a powerful car. You're not going to wow anybody with with the acceleration from the light. And you're also really not going to wow anybody if you list for them the stats on the engine. If you're a driver and you like driving a car and handling a car, I think you're going to get in a GR86 now and be like, this feels really well balanced. Everything feels like it's working together and has the right amount. It's not like there's too much power or there's too much handling or there's too, it's just everything is just right. Mm. It's a Goldilocks mm. car, okay? <laughs> so, so, and that's, that's an amazing thing about it. But we, so many of us don't have corners in our life. Yeah, yeah. And so the only way to get fun is I can go faster than you. But now you introduced, to your point, Paul, you introduced EVs, which whatever was fast last week is not fast now. Because the EV has entered the room, and that's all that's happened. I have a thousand and one horsepower. So well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't care. Five, literally five years ago, five years ago, if somebody said they had horsepower number with a comma in it, we were all like, "You have a what now?" Totally. And now we're like, "Uh huh." <laughs> yes. Everything that's yes. being revealed has got a comma in it. Everything that like <sighs> like EVs and yeah. like any big, I'm not talking like the economy car, I'm talking any company with any splashy reveal, that horsepower number is somewhere around 1,000. And as people that drive all kinds of things, at 400, you've reached unusable. In most situations. In most situations, you're right. You'll right. have some times when, yeah, I'm really glad I had that power, but most of the time, I'm using a section of the throttle. And then the throttle, sorry, separate rant, then the throttle pedals are set up, because they're all throttled by wire, to have instant acceleration, so there's no nuance. I'm using 10% of the pedal, which may move four inches, and I only ever move it like a quarter of an mm -hmm. inch in all of my normal driving. When am I actually going to floor this car ever? <laughs> and I know I can speak for you when I say that we're used to hanging on to our speed yes. so much that in normal traffic driving, people slow down for corners that they didn't need to slow down because... They don't understand mm -hmm. corners and driving and tires and what modern cars can actually do, but they, they're also not comfortable with it because they don't have any experience or training yeah. Yeah, in true. knowing how to navigate that corner. And so they slow way down and suddenly you and I are right up their trumpets. And we're always asking, what happened? Did somebody swerve? Did somebody like, step out in front yes. of you? Why, why are we breaking? It's a wild animal. What happened? Yes. And then... They put it down. They take off because, oh, yeah, yeah. because they have all the power. And that's, it's super offensive that you caught up to me. And we're like, I'm just driving and hanging on to my speed. I was I was doing this same speed 30 seconds ago yes. that I'm doing now. And people kind of yeah. get offended. They do. It's funny. And just Bizarre. take off yeah. into mm -hmm. the wilderness. It's crazy to me. Isaac Redinger asks about the AMG GT series and the SL and mm. CL class. He says they're very similar, like front, uh, front uh, engine, front rear drive, grand touring cars. What do we suspect the difference is in their respective demographics to coexist in the lineup? Location, actually weather. That's it. Interesting. Because okay. to my dismay, I just read the AMG GT is centered on golf, just like the SL. <laughs> of course it is. To my utter dismay. Oh, what? must we? You're just parking it at the golf course. Why do you... Anyway. <laughs> so uh, therefore, okay. do you want a convertible? Or do you want a hardtop? Mm -hmm. And they could have called the GT just the hardtop SL, or just still the SL. Which or the Golf T. <laughs> what's oh my, What's happened there oh is they've gosh. just they've missing letters in the middle. That's really what's happened. You've missed. It's just the, the Mercedes o. Golf T. That's really all it is. 
So yeah, location, weather, that's really just it. What do you do you think it's going to hail out there while you're on the course? <laughs> <laughs> Last question for me from Mitchell Edwards is asking an interesting one that relates to one of our car debates. He's talking Kia Stinger. He said he's going through back podcasts. He's in the 300s. And he said, we're talking about the Kia Stinger a lot in the 300s. By the way, we're in the 800s now. It's been a while. That's we do crazy. about 100 a year. So anyway, so we're talking about the Kia Stinger a lot. And it's making him really sad thinking about the fact that it's a great car that we love, we do love, and everybody we know that's owned one has really liked it. But it's been discontinued. What would have helped change the sales trajectory of this car? What would have made it work as a second gen? He said, hang on, what if it was 500 horsepower V8 halo trim and track ready? The problem, honestly, with this car, Mitchell, is the badge. The Kia badge is what held that car back more than anything. Everyone I know that... They changed it to KN. Yeah, I did. What's the problem? Unbelievable. Everyone (laughs) we know that bought one had never considered a Kia prior. And in a couple of cases where we really recommended that that person go look and drive a Kia Stinger, they were like, really? We were like, no, 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 no. Go, no. You, what you're looking for is a sedan. Please trust me. Please go buy. Go, yeah. go, go. You got to go, at least look. At least test. We were like convincing people. At least go test drive the Kia Stinger. I can think of one guy here in Park City yeah. that looked at us like we'd grown an extra head. <laughs> and then he bought one. <laughs> and then he bought as one. As soon as he like, bought, drove it, it was like, this is awesome. This is great. Yeah. It, it's a brand perception thing. It wouldn't have mattered how hot the next gen would be. This is you're buying a Halo performance car from Kia that is a sedan. Now, that's the other problem, Mitchell, is the fact that Halo sedans are dying. Mm, And so the only ones that are able to convince the general public on, Paul was just talking about the Golf T, Mercedes, BMW, Audi, they can still convince you to buy a really expensive sedan, but the quasi-affordable sedan vanished. So this is a somewhat affordable performance sedan, and unfortunately, there's almost no audience. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. We really appreciate it. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, your car debates, and car conclusions. We love hearing from you, and we're certainly looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.